here are a few ways that you can support us by supporting my sponsors. Elmer Garcia, Realtor, and AVS Concepts, Audio and Video Home Entertainment. Those are my sponsors. Go follow them. You can find the information on the description. The other way you can also find out of everything that we're doing is join our newsletter at tbbyalicia.com and that's going to give you all the things that we're talking about everything all the resources all the stuff that you want to know the other way that you can also support us and keep our podcast striving is through joining our global vibes insider community what is that what is the global vibes global insider it is a group where you can come in as an insider and subscribe and join to the community. And it was created for you to inspire you, to educate, to show how you can craft the life you wish to live. It is filled with experiences, including in-person events, business masterminds, speakers, resources. You get shout outs in the podcast. We invite you to workshops. We get to go on local trips and even wine tastings. So how do you get to join that group? So you'll go to my website at tbbyalicia.com and then you select the community group and there's three tiers. The first tier is a secret tier. It's for $10 and that includes a t-shirt, a signed book by me and a shout out on the podcast, $10 a month. The next tier is the explorer tier and that is for $25 a month and it's a t-shirt, a book and a shout out. Plus I'm including a one monthly one-to-one chat with me. And those are monthly one-on-one chats with me. You don't want to miss those. Those are amazing 30 minute one-to-one chats for $25. And the last tier is a $45 globe trotter. And that includes all the things I mentioned before, the t-shirt, the book, the monthly one-on-one, the shout out on the podcast. Plus you get invite to um, members only, insider only events, a welcome travel gift box. You know, I bring great things for my travels. And also I'm adding a digital style mood board for you. It includes styling. It includes accessories, um, everything customized and personal for you. Again, this is how you can contribute and you can be a part of us and you help us keep our podcast thriving. I hope you join. Welcome back to Vibes by Alicia podcast. I am thrilled that you're here and giving me a bit of your ear to hear stories and ideas that I find meaningful and inspiring. This podcast is designed to encourage all of you to be so inspirational that other people crave your vibes. Guys, today I have the pleasure of introducing to you a few Latina uh, bosses, by the way, that are making waves in Houston and abroad. So first of all, welcome to Carolina. Carolina is a phenomenal woman. She is the owner of Meraki YU, a beautiful artisan shop that seeks to empower global artisans in disadvantaged areas and raise multicultural awareness, promote social, social justice, and cultural preservation through economic fair. Carolina always wanted to incorporate her passion for social work with the intention of becoming a female entrepreneur, and in doing so, she created Meraki YU. She's also the founder of Poder Hispano, a Hispanic Heritage Month celebration taking place in October, and I'm so excited that we can share that with you and with all of you guys. Thank you for being here, Carolina. I appreciate it. Next is me, Gabriela Gabby. 
Gabby Campos is a born and raised Houstonian. She is a founder and designer of Miradela and Miradela Gift Shop. She's also the co-founder and marketing event coordinator of HTX Boss Babes, a local organization. Additionally, she's also the founder and event director for Houston's first Pan Dulce theme event, Sweet Like Pan Dulce Pop-Up. And wait, we're not done. She's also a podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. So she, her podcast, Sweet Like Pan Dulce, is out and you can listen to it. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And I have another Gabby in the, <laughs> in the panel today. And so this is a different Gabby. Gabby spells it G-A-B-I and Gabby Miradela is G-A-B-B-Y. Okay. So that's how I'm making the difference. Gabby de la Rosa. Gabby is a editor. She's a public relations specialist. She's a freelance writer and a content creator. Gabby de la Rosa is also the creator of Texas Chingona, a, a blog and shop that showcases news, trends, and conversations for empowered Latinas. And she's taken her, actually, she, she, Get, like, I'm so excited about your teas because they go all over the world with me, Gabby. You know that I'm always posting your photos because I always get the best compliments. They're like, where did you get that? Oh, that's in Texas. You got to go to Texas to get them. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Ladies, I'm so excited that you're here because you know what? This um, episode for me was about not only Hispanic Heritage Month, was about exposing the reasons why a lot of Latinas are doing the business the way they're doing business for themselves. I think it's a different way of how we're doing business. I think for us, it's um, it's very much in tune with what's in our heart, right? And our purpose in our life. It's not just a business to make money. It really has a purpose and there's like a big picture. I feel that. So, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring y'all is because I wanted to discuss how your family and your heritage shaped your perspective and changed um, how you influence and how it's influenced you, how they have influenced you. Um, so let's start with Gabby of Miradela. I have a few um, things that I want to, you know, get to know a little bit about you. So welcome to the podcast again. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. We are starting a Hispanic Heritage Month. It is September 15th and then goes through what? August 5th, uh, October, October 15th, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a month in there and I, I find that um, for me it's just like a way to introduce the world to, to you guys and you guys to the world so thank you for being here so Miradela and Sweet Like Pan Dulce so you know one of the things that you mentioned in your in your website is that you wanted to make it feel like home exactly right so and it's, and it's something that celebrates your cultura something that's very important to you I especially love your chiflada tea, which I'm wearing. I <laughs> love it. I love it because I definitely am a chiflada. My husband says you're the most spoiled woman that I've ever met. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, I sure am. And, no, you know, no shame. But um, how did you come to embrace the word chiflada? And why is that like a big, you know, I think it's like one of those 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 identifiers. It Whenever is. somebody sees it, oh, yeah, I know where you got that. It's so funny. I feel like... Um, People that don't know the meaning of chiflada, and when I do explain it, uh -huh. they are like, you know what, I do know somebody that's spoiled or I spoil <laughs> that way. So it's definitely brought either like non-speaking, you know, Spanish speakers together. Um, but with the history behind that, me growing up, I was the youngest of two um, sisters. Okay. And so I was always... I guess getting my mm -hmm. way with things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's where my nickname kind of came about. 
being a chiflada or being called chiflada. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something I grew up as a child and, you know, in a Mexican household with both right. my parents being from Mexico. And um, I wanted, and that was actually one of my first designs I came up with, with Miradela. And I wanted it to be something that I connected with. And I always think, you know, when you come out with a product, you have to truly believe in it. And you're not right. Just, like you said, it's not all about making the money. It's about making that connection and making, it has to feel special, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so when I came out with that design, I was like, you know, I think I'm really onto something. And then I released it. That was like almost five years ago. And I released it in a mug and so many people connected with it. Like you can love that with mm-hmm, that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something fun and it's nothing to be like, like mean about you know mm. and um there's you know there's some there's some people that kind of um say that it's kind of like a, something mean but it's not no it's something like a word of endearment i kind of feel you know yeah and um but yeah so just like you said mm-hmm. my my products and my brand i want it to connect how i felt growing up with my family and i feel like my customers have that connection yeah they have relatable stories or um, if they see like things in my store or my brand like pan dulce or just little items that kind of just connect us in that way of how we were raised growing up and um, but yes and I always have to say like with sweet like pan dulce I always felt like growing up going um, to my mom's or mm-hmm. to my grandma's house mm-hmm. there was always somebody that brought it right and it kind of just brought up that connection of people together right and that's another reason why I either I started the podcast and then the podcast grew into the market the event mm-hmm. and with that being said it was it grew into like 50 vendors we have hundreds of people that come yeah. together for pan dulce and yeah and it's like a bigger celebration rather than having it at home but it's a huge celebration with a bigger family now you yeah know? because i find mm-hmm. that a lot of people connect to it they connect yeah. to those words mm-hmm. they connect to those things and i know for gabby for gabby de la rosa um the word chingona was like it's a badass and yeah. i feel like you know, when we were growing up, mm-hmm. like my dad would would call me cabrona all uh-huh. the time. He would say like, "Ay, Alicia, no seas tan cabrona," yeah. but it wasn't it wasn't derogatory. No. It wasn't like like he was telling me like, "Calm yeah. down, like shut up." Yeah. He wasn't yeah. saying that. Uh-huh. He would just laugh at it like, yeah. "Oh, there you go again, like being you know intense, like you always are, like leave people alone, yeah. don't be so cabrona." But I love Gabby. Let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about her chiflada <laughs> word and your cab- your chingona word. Mm-hmm. Why was that like an important? Because that's that was like the title of your of your blog it was texas chingona right okay so how are we embracing these words that at one point you know for some people were like don't call me that like i don't want you to call me that but we were like hell yeah i am yeah that's who i am well i think that a lot of these words are cultural identifiers Mm -hmm. when you grow up this way when you grew up in a certain part of Mm -hmm. for us texas south texas um it's they have their own meaning and even in Mexico, chingona is, it just means you're a badass, mm-hmm. powerful woman. Mm-hmm. If you know the true meaning of the word, it's not, um, if you look it up in like urban dictionary, yeah. it's a little graphic. <laughs> but, um, but I embrace it as, you know, yeah, I'm a badass woman and this is who I am and this is who I want to follow me. 
So the women, and I believe me, even with chiflada, mm-hmm. because chiflada has an alternate meaning. It yeah. can mean like you're crazy. Yeah, I've heard that many times. But <laughs> growing up, chiflada was you're spoiled. Like yeah. it was kind of like cute, like, yeah. you know. Um, so the way that I always thought about it when I got negativity was, okay, if mm-hmm. you think of it that way, mm-hmm. or if you think chiflada means something bad, mm-hmm. then you're not my audience. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's okay. But yeah. if you're a badass woman, come along. But do you ladies feel like you have to educate your audience and educate mm-hmm. your um, your purchasers, your consumers? And, like, it's coming from a great place. It's coming yes. from a place of love. I never, honestly, I never took offense to any of these words. Mm-hmm. Even to the word cabron, I never, like, took offense to it. I was just in Spain, and I was telling them how that's, like, a big word in Mexico. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, we love it. We love that word, you know, because it's all sort of, like, they all see it like Mexican women are like, they're like, they're fiery and they're strong and they're like, you know, a little wild and crazy, but they think of it in a great, in a good way. Mm-hmm. But I think in a lot of ways, a lot of people, as we were growing up, we saw it like, you know, don't call me that. Like, that's not what I, but it really isn't a bad thing, right? It's kind of embracing that strength in us and embracing that, yeah, we are spoiled. You know, you're the baby of the family. <laughs> yeah. The baby of my family is 30, 33 years old. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, he's a chiflado. He <laughs> and there's chiflados chiflado, out there. <laughs> And he is still chiflado yeah. by all of us that are older than him. You know, we spoil that kid like crazy. And mm-hmm. he's a 33-year-old. So that's who we are, right? That's part of who what, what becomes us. Exactly. Yeah. So continuing on that conversation, um, I read that your your business was inspired by your abuelita, yeah. Adela. Yeah. So mm-hmm. tell me how she she influenced you, or how did that come about? Uh, my grandma, growing up, like most grandmas, would always you know cook, make us something delicious to eat. You know, growing up, and she loved to sew, and she always made us dresses all her grandbabies' dresses. She probably had like 10, 15 grandbabies, and we all each had a dress. She <laughs> found time to make Aww. us custom dresses. And at the time, um, you know, growing up, I was always into fashion, and I feel like that kind of inspired, was inspired by, for my grandmother, her sewing, just watching her uh, growing up. And when I started Mira de la... It was in the very beginning stages. I was make, actually making jewelry. I was kind of just testing out the waters on what direction I wanted to go to. But I was really, I was always a creative at heart, even as a young kid. And um, when she passed away, and I mentioned this in one, um, I think the first episode of my podcast, um, about how it kind of just sparked a fire that I realized when she passed away, all the beautiful things she's given me and inspired me. And we went to her house. We Everybody was kind of grabbing kind of mementos, like close family of hers. And my aunt, she gave me this big box mm-hmm. of just kind of her sewing needles, her fabrics, like everything. And just for my aunt to be like, mm-hmm. I think you would most of all appreciate this. Wow. And that was something my grandma cherished the most was all her, you know, all the things she made with and mm-hmm. all her, her sewing needles and her fabrics. And so being able to go home and I've felt like, man, like I was just so inspired to create something. I'm like, you know what? I feel this is the direction Miradela needs to go in. And wow. Um, so I kind of dug deep and then, you know, Chiflada came, you know, something that was inspired with me, with me. And um, then, you know, um, being inspired with Pandulce and everything that my family grew importance, like growing up, just those little mementos mm-hmm. and those details I wanted to bring 
to my brand. Gotcha. And I guess like how you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that's what my brand, uh, that's what I want my brand and my shop to feel like, feel like home. I mm-hmm. want it to feel fun. And cause that's how my grandma was. My grandma yeah. was funny. She was just, <laughs> I just loved her so much. And, um, you know, you know what? And you can sense that when you yeah. walk into your shop, you can feel homey. Yeah. It feels comfort. Yeah. It feels like you belong. Exactly. And that is not an easy thing to, to create in terms of like creating a climate and an environment mm-hmm. around products and services and creating that sense of like, this feels good. I like it. I want to shop here more. And you exactly, know? you know, and that's how my grandma fate made everybody feel, yeah. you know, and I know I'm sure everybody can relate to somebody that makes them feel that mm-hmm. way. And mm-hmm. um, I want it not like I mentioned, like there's, you know, I have so many customers that don't speak Spanish, but they love to come to the shop because they want to learn or they gravitate wow. towards like the aesthetic or, you know, just the fact they're, they're in Houston and they want to support, you know, local business and, you know, they love the culture too. And, um, but yeah, that's where my inspiration yeah. grew and from. And that's like a beautiful validation that mm-hmm. other people outside of our culture are embracing it and yeah. wanting to know more about it. I love that. And it seems like you're carrying on the creativity that your grandmother had. Yep, She's a creative exactly. woman. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of a, a way for you to carry her legacy. Exactly. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Thank so, you. Carolina, I want to talk a little bit about your <laughs> business, Meraki YU. And so from what I understand, it comes from the YU tribe of the Wajira in Colombia. Uh, you're Colombian. Born in New York, but yes, my parents are Colombian. Yes. <laughs> Your mission is to empower global artisans in disadvantaged areas. And I feel like that is like another component to like where Latinas are heading. It's like, it's not just about us. It's about the people that are, that are giving us some of their, I guess, some of their gifts, mm-hmm. right? Some of their skill sets and their gifts. And uh, promoting cultural preservation is very important for you and also economic fair trade. So why is it important for you to share these artisans with the world and share them with us? Why is that such an important thing for you? So for me, it's like backwards. You guys, like Gabby and Gabby one, Gabby two, they have this artistic, they have creativity. And I think when I started my business, it was sort of backwards. Um, I was a social worker working in nonprofit um, managed care. So when I became a stay-at-home mom and started Meraki YU, I knew that I needed a product where I could still incorporate, like you said before, my passion for what my career was. And I knew that I wanted to choose a product that stood by that. Mm -hmm. And that is why I went ahead and I said, wait, like, you know, back home, these mochilas or bucket bags are part of our culture. They're part Mm -hmm. of our, you know, fashion. They use it daily. Um, So I was able to meet with a gentleman that works and lives in La Guajira. And I chose that product because, again, we've had this conversation Mm -hmm. before, too, where people can explore and experience other cultures through travel, Mm -hmm. but travel is not accessible to everyone, right? Right. So what are other ways that people can experience other cultures through food, Mm -hmm. through the purchase of a product? Mm -hmm. So I think that is what drove me to choose that product and just share it with people here in the U.S. or wherever they could reach us. Right. And so you bring them in. So you you mm-hmm. actually travel to Colombia and you hand select the pieces. Well, for the first time I did that. Okay. And then we realized that um, it's easy for me to just purchase products they already have. And that helps them move product that they are unable to sell. Mm-hmm. So we do have a way of purchasing and then they deliver the items. 
Okay. What was your introduction to that culture? Through, through, through your parents, through your grandparents, or were you someone that always like sought to, to find those things and bring them into the, the bigger mainstream audience? So I think I share with a lot of people or a lot of us first generations, right? Where we're born here in the US, but we're constantly going back home, mm -hmm. right? Like home to where our parents mm -hmm. were from. Mm -hmm. So growing up, Every summer, that's where we would go to. We'd go back to Colombia. Um, we would stay there three months for the summer. So I think that's when I was introduced to the art of the YU tribe. Because like I said, when you're in the city, even the mochilas are worn. And even in the farm, like the even the guys, like yeah. since it's so sturdy, mm -hmm. it's used for coffee, like grains. And mm -hmm. you can hold it or go into town and then bring stuff back. So I always, I, I was around it. So it was. It just came easy to. It was natural. That product. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a natural percent. Oh, mm -hmm. That's awesome, you know. And I and I remember just you know when I met you and just feeling those bags. They feel very sturdy. They feel like they're very well made, um, and something like you know Latinas in this country, you know, getting a little bit of pieces of like other parts of the world is like so like unique because. Sometimes you just don't, you're not able to go to those countries and just grabbing a piece exactly. like that, you feel like you've traveled a and little you, way. And you actually hold on to those pieces yeah. for such a long Longer, time. Yeah. They do. And like years, because just because of the quality too. Yeah. And I have several pieces too that like of either bags or like little, mm -hmm. like little money, you know, kind of pouches. Like I've had for years just because that, it's like a special memento mm -hmm. too, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit of giving back. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for you to also like, um, uh, highlight the artisans that make these bags mm -hmm. and that's something that I noticed from your website yeah it's I, important I love for to you do that again because it's not me I'm not the one making it you know mm -hmm. so I, I want to make sure that they are given the that's highlight true. and credit that they deserve and also it's it's an art that is slowly dwindling or dying oh, really? out um, because of the younger generations mm -hmm. that are seeking I guess better economic stability for them or but again we have to remember that there is a big population that is staying and is still doing the mm -hmm. art and mm -hmm. that still needs to maintain and sustain their their living situations so wow what an important and it's like a beautiful um mission to have you know to kind of support those things gabby de la rosa i wanted to ask you a little bit about your writing because, you know, one thing that I've noticed about your writing is it is centered around Latinas and their lifestyle. You know, one of the things that I noticed in the things that I've been reading about you is that you highlight the things that Latinas would be interested in, maybe things that they could try, um, exposing them to different um, ideas, venues, projects, businesses. There's a blog that you, you have that I love, and I read it a few times. It's called Three Ways to Elevate Your Chingona Status, <laughs> which is like, I love that because I'm like, oh, did I do all three of those? I need to know if I'm doing them. I need to do those. And then there's another one where, um, you know, you give travel tips, you interview Latina authors. Why is it so important that Latinas are a particularly important audience for you? Why is that? You know, I think um, growing up, I grew up in South Texas and um, in Corpus Christi, and it was predominantly either white or Hispanic. Mm -hmm. There was a sprinkle of all the other stuff, but, it, you know, that was what it was. And so I grew up just thinking everyone was like me. And not until I went to college did I realize, whoa, you know, not everybody's brown or white. And I really missed my culture and I missed 
those things and I sought it out. And um, so when I started writing, I kind of thought, well, there has to be people like me that maybe they want to travel. They don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. They want to hit up some hot spots in Houston. They don't know where they want to find out about, you know, great products, but they don't know where those are. Um, and so I just wanted to be able to do, sort of highlight all of those things. How important do you think it's, is, it is to have that Latina voice in magazines and digital media and papers? You're one of a few because I know there's not that many women like you. You, you publish in the Houstonia magazine. Right in uh, culture, is it the culture map as well? Yeah, like you're in different publications. Why? Why are you one of the very few voices in that in that realm? I'm not sure why I'm the only one of very few, but I think it's important that I have a seat at the table, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's important um, to have that voice. And you know, I just pitched an editor yesterday at a very large publication. I was like, okay, Hispanic Heritage Month what are you going to do? And he was like, um, I said, okay, well, what have you done in the past? And he said, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how can we be in Houston, mm -hmm. the fourth largest city in the United States mm -hmm. with a population of almost 48% Latino and you've done nothing. Yeah. So maybe it takes someone who's Brown to come to the table and say, okay, well, this is the year we're going to do it mm -hmm. and, and make that happen year after year. Were they embracing your ideas? Were they yes. listening to you? Yes. Because I feel like that's the hardest part is to get them to even listen to us to begin with. He was very receptive. Um, it always hasn't been that way. I remember last year I had a really good pitch from a very high profile Latina actress. And I said, OK, you know, I, I interviewed her and I said, I have this ready to go. And she said no. And I said, OK, um, but let me just ask you, what are you doing for Hispanic Heritage Month? And she said nothing. Period. Mm -hmm. and, and she said no to what? She did not want to run the article. Oh, why? Because it wasn't uh... She didn't give me a reason why, but I just thought, again, this was a statewide publication, and I just thought, It wasn't flattering to her, or...? Well, it would have been flattering to the publication, because she's very high profile and has been in several movies, but I, she didn't give me a reason. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she just said, no, we're not going to run it, and no, we're not doing anything for to honor the month. Okay, okay. And, you know, what do you say? I, I don't said, know. Okay. What do you say? But yeah, I, I yeah. said, I asked. I think she, I asked pointed questions. She answered them truthfully. And, you know, I just thought in the back of my mm -hmm. head, I thought, okay, I'm going to remember. Gabby, I feel like you could, you could like, like um, post blind items. Like so-and-so actress decided she didn't want to do this and da-da-da-da-da. And like, oh my God, we're all guessing. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? You could do a bunch of blind items, I'm sure, because you probably interview a lot of people that are like, you know, on board or not on board. And somebody that you might think is like, embracing the yeah. whole thing and then other people that you think don't even care and they're like yeah i want to do it what right. do you need what do you want yeah well, not just about <laughs> I, i've interviewed a lot of people and have a lot of stories about high profile houstonians in general girl let's do a blind <laughs> item blog stories i want the juicy stuff and i want all the tea right yeah, exactly. i think all of us do friends i must tell you I know the place to go if you need house audio, TV installation, security monitoring. I am telling you, these people are so, so good that I cannot wait to share them with you. AVS Concepts is the place to get all 
of these things taken care of. They're the experts in audio video. If you are entertaining and you need music, call them. If you just purchased a new house and you want to have security, you've got to call them. They are the best at all of this for you. I am so excited to share them with you. They are new sponsors for the podcast. You will not not regret having them in your house. They can put anything up and create the most amazing surround sound. I am telling you, when I watch my movies, I like to watch them with surround sound. And thanks to AVS Concepts, I can do that. Follow them at their Instagram account, AVSC underscore HTX, or you can also find them at their website, avcschouston.com, and tell them that Alicia from Vice My Alicia sent you, and they will take care of you, I promise you. I think for all of you, I think I have a few questions that I definitely want our audience to go because, you know, my audience is filled with women like us. You know, a lot of them are moms, they're entrepreneurs, they have side hustles, they're business women. Like this for me is like my voice and the way that I express myself and the way that I go out into the, into the stratosphere, into the community, into the world. And there's a lot of women like us that are also, you know, they have their, their shirts, they have their, you know, jewelry. I know a lot of them that I buy from because I'm always like, I don't like ask them for anything unless I buy stuff from them first. Like I'm always trying to make sure that I'm supporting them. I think one of the things that we get, we get uh, caught on is like, can you give me this and I'll post it? Or can you give me that? And I'm the opposite. I'm like, can you, I'll buy it from you and I'll post it from you. Cause I think number one, we have to support them with money. We have to actually support them with like buying things, right? It's not just like, I'll post it for you. Yay. I'll share it on my social. That's not enough. Like they need to pay their bills as well. So one of the things that I want to hear from you all and like, maybe we start with you, Carolina. It's like, what sets you apart from the other people that are doing what you're doing? Like what makes you different? What makes me different? Yeah. There's only one Carolina. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, we do know uh, that. No, <laughs> my approach, I think to like what we were talking again um approach to companies my approach to how i manage um the products that i'm selling it's like i said it's it's a combination of what i learned in my career and then what i do at home i like to say a lot of transferable skills so all we all have transferable skills that we Mm -hmm. use and Mm -hmm. and and my mission like i said i think that's definitely what sets me apart and that I purchase the items directly from the artisans. I'm not purchasing it from a second hand or. Oh, that's that interesting. Mm-hmm. So you're not like literally going through like a wholesaler, somebody nope, that purchases and then goes to them, like a middle nope. person. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. interesting. And that's a good point to make mm-hmm. because I think that's one of the things that where we get stuck, we don't know where to go and how to get things. And I pride myself in not bargaining. The price that he tells me, that's that's, that's what we good. go with. <laughs> You know what? And that's a good point to make because I think that can also be like a sign of disrespect for mm-hmm. some of them because they do put their mm-hmm. time and effort into something that means a lot. And I think when it's handmade, it has a story and that person like literally made it by hand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't purchased like a mass production company or wasn't like in a big factory. Mm-hmm. They actually make it with their hands. So Gabby from Miradela, what makes you different from everyone else? Like I see other ladies, you know, making the t-shirts, doing mm-hmm. the events. Why are you different? Um, I try to feel like I try to set myself apart from everyone just because I want to be genuine. I want to say that I'm genuine, you know, and um, and my thought process isn't um, 
it's focused on an idea and I take time to create a product. I'm not here to, I mean, yeah, I may do wholesale and I may mass produce items now, mm -hmm. but I'm actually thinking and designing on, on items to where I'm not looking at what the other person is doing. I'm worried about who, who, all the other Latinas that are in the same kind of You're category. not looking at the competition. I'm, yeah, I'm not. And they're not competition either, you know. It's okay. one of those things where, you know, it's a whole group of us, and I'm not here to copy anybody else, mm -hmm. but I'm here to just kind of be me. Do you. Yeah, just be me, you know. And like <laughs> Carolina said, there's no. only one you, there's only one mm -hmm. me, and there's only one Gabby, mm -hmm. you know. And so just to kind of, I'm designing for myself, and then it happens to reciprocate to everybody else yeah. and connect. And so be it, it happened, you know? And I, like you said, it comes naturally and I want my designs to be re received in that way, in a genuine way. And um, just kind of focusing on, you know, myself, you know? Do you find that other people are copying a lot of the things that you're doing and the strategies that you're using? Over the years I have. And are you offended by that? No, I actually okay. feel kind of flattered in a way, you know? And I feel like, oh, I'm, maybe I'm doing a good thing, you know, mm -hmm. something right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny, I, I try not to like Google, like, you know, either like, like the you're like really bonita phrase. Mm -hmm. um, that, like, I well, it's become very popular. I have it like in yeah. many stores now. And so I'm like, sometimes I'll Google it and then I see it on Etsy or like the phrase being copied. <laughs> so you're not trademarking like, anything or copywriting anything? At, at, the, at the moment, no. As far as uh, financially, you know, I'm now I think I'm ready to do all that now. Okay. Um, but I am working on that, actually. Okay, no, it's a good question that, yeah. because I'm wondering if you're yeah. working with a lawyer or someone that's um, advising you exactly. in terms of like how to protect your ideas exactly so now that i'm doing wholesale now i'm going into the steps of doing the trademarking for a certain designs that i have now that i've seen that it's like this year it being copied yes you know i mean there's sometimes there's no way to control that at yeah times. Of even course. you know you know there's people that you know that create things just to just a matter of just selling right and you can't attack, every, not attack everybody, but go after everyone. And that's the kind of the way I see it. Like just time, time is very valuable. Um, but if, you know, hopefully in the long run, nobody on a bigger corporation or some, so much, someone much bigger than I am takes a design that, you know, that I've created and they use it for themselves. So now I'm kind of in the preparations like, okay, that's kind of a big deal. I think I needed to right. protect yeah. myself yeah, yeah. and my hard work, you know, and that's mm -hmm. really important. But, um, but yeah, it's just, you know. No, and I think that's one of the things that I think as Latinas, we mm -hmm. don't consider, we don't think about maybe finding advisement outside of our little groups, right? Yeah. Our, uh, our, our, our inner circle. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, we really are kind of like letting our ideas kind of be used and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, expanded upon because we don't have that background in like, you know, secure yourself, exactly. save yourself from that. And like, don't, uh, don't let it go, you know, to the point where somebody's stealing your ideas. Yeah. It's like, you're like really bonita is like, a, it's, it's, it's Miradela. Mm -hmm. And uh, to see somebody else using them, it's like really like it, popular, actually. It's a it's, tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. And, um, I have a friend, <clears throat> well, two friends, actually, they own a big Latina brand called Shop JZD. 
and they um, on numerous occasions they'll mm-hmm. have like I think at one time they saw some other designs at Ross. Yeah, I know Ross actually purchased these items from other people. Uh huh. Um, their designs were on like all these. Yes. And it was really crazy. And then I kind of reached out to them, like, how do you deal with this? Like, and even for them, like, they're like, look, if we had to trademark every design and try yeah. to go after every person, like, one, it would be broke. broke. Yeah. yeah so that's where I'm, com- where I'm coming from, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it worth it? But it is sometimes at the end, but sometimes it's just like as a small business mm-hmm. owner it's like you have to kind of like you know pick your battles sometimes and it's a little yeah. bit of like doing business right mm-hmm. it is just part of the process yeah, it's part of the territory it's part of the, the territory yeah, yeah. Well, and, and being think, creative yes gabby go for it say, i think it's also about educating your customer mm-hmm. because there's a difference between someone who goes to your booth your mm-hmm. store your pop-up yeah. and buys your shirt than going to ross yeah, you exactly. Know what yeah, I mean? that too. Mm-hmm. exactly. It's the clientele. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, it's not that same feeling. You know you're not buying it from, yeah. you know. And, it, and it's not. And it's one of those things it, that's the person that's truly supporting small business is going to buy it from you yeah. or the one that's there to get the deal, you know, the one right. that's probably going to negotiate, the mm-hmm. one that, the those that negotiate, you know. Oh, they do it to us you all know? the time as yeah. vendors. Right? I mean, it's and it's guys. like, yeah. yeah, like those that negotiate, you know, and it's like, because... We all deal with it. It is. And, and, and it kind of sucks. You have to deal with know? it, yeah. Yeah. And it's part of like what Gabby yeah. says, you kind of have to educate the purchaser yeah. and the yeah. audience that you're, um, because not only are you putting things mm-hmm. out from your your head and your creativity mm-hmm. and your, your hard work and your effort that goes into it, I think a lot of people are very conscientious of like, okay, I'm going to purchase from the small business. Yeah. And I'm going to purchase from somebody that's actually bringing it in for like mm-hmm. a bigger purpose as opposed to like a big corporation. And I think there's a trend. I think there's a movement happening right now where it's kind of like going into like, who can we support? Mm-hmm. Who who has like our vision, our brand mission that we can like, go? like that's how I see yeah. things now. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's like when I buy something, is there like a bigger mission behind that? It's not just corporate. It's not just like Macy's putting something out or Nordstrom putting something out. They're doing something that's unique and special. When I'm going to go get gifts, by the way, I make sure that I go get my gifts from like little lo, small local vendors mm-hmm. or I go to the markets Yeah, because I know I'm going to get something that's like handmade, handcrafted, that's nobody else is going to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think it's just kind of like educating the community and the people that you're. And so yeah. do you find that like it's like it's it's part of what you're doing? I think you do a great job at that, Gabby, in the things that you post in your blog and the things that you're sharing. I think it's a constant battle, to be honest. And I think TikTok has kind of made it worse. Oh, really? Um, because of all of the hauls. You know, I have a Lulu haul today. I have a TJ Maxx haul. I have a uh, whatever. The hauls. And, and I'm like, yeah. how about a small, small business haul? How about a Latino only? Oh, girl, yes. Uh, yes. And you know what's so funny? I say, so I have like a little folder, like a save section, like on my Instagram. And somebody created a reel saying that and it was like instead of doing you know a big corporation kind of haul let's why not do a small business haul yeah um because yeah you're right we it's, should it's, it should be a trend. we should and why are we not doing it yeah, yeah I mean, i'm not on tiktok and maybe i'm gonna get on tiktok just to do that <laughs> i refuse to yeah. so many <laughs> i just I feel so like, you know, we are all tapping into consumer culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why not educate people and say consumer culture doesn't have to mean Nordstrom's or Lulu or whatever. It can mean 
the pop-up down the street. Yes. You know, it can mean the woman with your kids who's trying to sell whatever it is. Yeah. Um, from clothing to accessories to food products. Yes. You know, I mean, it's all important. So I think it's a constant battle that we have to keep yeah, fighting. Yeah. And I think this episode is geared towards that. It's geared to really um, encouraging people out there in the audience to mm -hmm. really get to know the people behind the businesses, why you created the business you created, what inspired you, what influences you to, because it's not easy. I've, I've had a business for a long time and it is not easy to hold on to that brand message. Mm -hmm. It's really the hardest thing in the world because sometimes something becomes easier, but like, no, 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 that might be easier, but that doesn't come back to who I am mm -hmm. in my core, right? My core values artisan, handcrafted, going to Columbia, bringing things. For you, it's like creating that creating that special thing that really boils out from your heart, right? Like that really um, services your community and the women that you, that you, that you, um, uh, that purchase your things basically. So I think in, in terms of like moving forward and, and expanding, cause you, I know one of the things about you ladies is that you don't think just small. I know that you think big. And thinking big are the um, the events that you have coming up, and twenty two is the fall of twenty two is like the one of the biggest times, right, Gabby, for like markets and fall festivals. Oh, yeah. Well, I think just now also people are coming mm -hmm. out of COVID and mm -hmm. feeling a lot more comfortable. Like everything's back now. Like last year it was back maybe seventy five percent. No, and it's now hardcore. We're back, now. It's like, revenge shopping, yeah. revenge yeah. travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything is revenge travel shopping. Everything. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with um, the events. Um, Mirandela has a big event coming up in November 5th. Yes. I want you to tell me a little bit about that. And I know you've been doing the Pan Dulce pop-up mm -hmm. for a while now. Yeah. So this is going to be actually our third. It would have been our fourth annual, but then kind of COVID right. camp in that one year. Um, but this is going to be our third annual Sweet Like Pan Dulce pop-up. And it'll be hosted on the Navigation Esplanade in the East End. And that's where actually where my shop is located as well. And we're going to be celebrating the magic of Pan Dulce along with 50, um, more than 50 local vendors. And actually some vendors that are coming from Austin, yeah. San Antonio and Dallas that wow. I've kind of met along the way through my vendor um, experiences. And, you know, you meet so many other brands when you go to these pop-ups. And so there's a lot of friends that are coming to join the show. Uh, we're going to have two DJs, um, mm -hmm. lots of pan dulce themed backdrops. Um, I love that. We'll have, uh, complimentary drinks um, from Ido Vodka, which is a good friend of mine, Steve. He actually started a vodka distillery in the East End. So he's just starting out. So we're welcoming him. He's going to be creating so cool. some awesome cocktails. Um, we have uh, free beer that evening. We have also coffee, which is actually a... Yeah, we can't forget I the cafecito it. con el pan. Yes. I'm talking about party mode right now with the vodka. <laughs> but, um, but yes, the cafecito, also uh, coffee. Uh, the coffee shop is actually down the street from my, Very my cool. shop. And um, throughout the years, we've supported each other at every event and so I thought it would make sense to bring him along so he's actually one of our um, he's our coffee shop sponsor for the year and he'll be open and he's actually making a special tea horchata that uh, day so oh. we're going to be announcing that soon and um, he'll have his coffee cart on the esplanade so it's going to be a lot of fun invite my guest invite my audience it's yeah. November 5th yes November 5th um from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the Navigation Esplanade, located Super. right on Navigation Boulevard. 
awesome, you know? And that's where I go and get my all my Christmas gifts. Yeah. I go to the markets and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm getting all my Christmas gifts. And, and they have so many I love that. events on, on the Esplanade. I feel like this year, finally, there's going to be a lot of fall events there. Um, as a vendor, when I first started, I always was at those pop-ups vending. So mm -hmm. it kind of just... It holds a special place in my heart to even host a, an event there myself. Um, but yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. I know, and hosting an event is a big deal because that's a lot of work. It's a <laughs> yeah. lot of organization, a lot of coordinating, a it lot of is. getting people, applications submitted, yeah. finding sponsors. Yeah. So, Carolina, you have yours as well coming up in <laughs> October. and it's My first one. <laughs> yes, Poder Hispano. I'm learning, I'm learning from the seniorities over here. I know, I love it because, you know, sharing these things, there's other girls out there and other women that are, like, looking to, like, do what we're doing. Mm -hmm. How can we give them, honestly, for me, it's like, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. I know I've been in the trenches. I've done it. Like, I don't, you know, here's how you can do it quicker and easier and, like, figure no, this out. you just got to get sure. out there. I was how a vendor. You, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been a vendor at Sweet, like Pandul said, two times. Oh, you have yeah. been. Yeah. And oh, good. And I'm actually, this yeah. one, this year, I yeah. think I won't be able to participate because of other stuff. But, yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. As a business owner, you got to get out there and be from yeah. both angles. Like, just And I think out. that's an important thing, like, just being as a vendor trying to see like oh what makes this kind of like seeing the the good things out of one event right like mm -hmm. what are the all the good things that i liked about this event like yeah organization like you know set up and breakdown was so yeah. easy because they provided me all this information mm -hmm. they were always communicating with mm -hmm. me you know giving me um also flyers to help promote mm -hmm. um there's a lot of little things little you know, details that, that, that yeah, yeah. important yeah, yeah very important and they make a big difference in terms of, of like a vendor like if i if my um if the organizer is sending me updates like mm -hmm. this is graphics that we can use these are the hashtags that we're using exactly. like mm -hmm. To me, and this is the admission, invite your friends. This is what they can do. Um, to me, that makes a big difference as a vendor, and, and it makes it, like, easier. So you have Poder Hispano coming yes. on October 8th. Mm -hmm. Um, invite my audience. Tell them about yes, that. Guys, <laughs> please go. Everyone go. No, and if you need a sponsors or volunteers, what do you need? What can we help you with? Attendance, I need you guys to come out. Where is it going to be, by the way? Flag. Okay, so it's Poder Hispano Hispanic Power, and the idea is um, it's a celebration for Hispanic Heritage Month um, where we're celebrating most Latin um, countries either through the sale of food product. We're going to have salsa class, yoga on the lawn. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's at the Houston Botanic Garden. Um, so we have beautiful. an amazing um, discount. So adults are $10 and students and children are free. Um, again, that's a discount we received for the event. There's free they parking. To usually, right, yes, to the usually, yeah. usually it's fifteen dollars yeah. for adults and ten for students. Okay. So just for the event, like I said, it's a discounted price. Um, we'll have folkloric presentations. We're awesome. gonna have, which I love her, um, HTX uh, Ronnie with the school bus. She converted oh, yes. a school bus for uh -huh. kids' activities. Oh, cool! So again, everything is gonna be headed towards the celebration of our culture. So even the kids' activities is well thought out of. So join us October 8th, <laughs> 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Houston Botanic Garden. I love that. And please, please, please go out and support our local organizations and our local community um, events and markets. But before I go, and Gabby, I just want you to pipe in just a little bit in this in this conversation, too. One of the questions that I get a lot is like, how, how do you fund these events? 
how do you get corporate sponsors? How do you get people to buy into it? Um, either as a marketing strategy, either as um, as a social responsibility strategy. How do you approach these big corporate brands? I know, Miradela, you have Topo Chico, for example. Mm-hmm. It's a big brand, and I know you have HEB in yours. Mm-hmm. What did you do to get those big corporate sponsors? One of you can go. So, you go first. Yeah, yeah, again, she has seniority. So this was my first time approaching companies with the idea of the event. Okay. Um, I've gone to a lot of networking events for the past, let's say, three years, right? Mm-hmm. So what I did is I nourished, nourished those relationships with people that I did meet in those networking events. Okay. Not thinking that I had a goal to make mm-hmm. an event, right? Mm-hmm. But what happened? Now I have an event. I go back and I think, oh, wow, I met so-and-so from, let's say, Geico, Comcast. Um, So what I did was, I feel that for them to take you serious, you have to have a plan. It's not just a little email like, hey, I'm planning this, I'm planning that. Okay, no, who's your target audience? What is your mission? What is your goal? Um, And then just just sending it out. Don't be Mm -hmm. scared of getting a no. It's okay if they Mm -hmm. say they don't want to participate, but maybe they'll... But maybe they'll say yes. For next year, yeah. So there's somebody else that will say yes, you know? Um, So just just be wary of people you meet. um, Or not weary, that's the wrong word. (laughs) Not be cautious, but... Nurture those people that you meet. Be aware of who you're meeting and don't always think that because that person is not in a higher level Mm -hmm. or up in management, they cannot help you out. Right, right, So just treat everyone equally because you never know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, for, she had she had made a good point about putting effort into creating something and sending something out. So like that, yeah, your deck. yeah, and then um, mm-hmm. usually create like either like a kind of a PDF packet of mm-hmm. some sort. Um, I I mean not everybody like has a, a pitch deck or like a media kit exactly okay yes. like a media mm-hmm. kit gotcha um, that gives information about the event about yourself logistics like st- well stats you know like previous events if not. Just kind of, well, then you talk about yourself and your brand and your mm-hmm. background, you know, kind of mm-hmm. beef it up. And um, then you talk, then you kind of have either certain packages or things like that that you can offer sponsors. Got it. Um, perks of some sort. It has to be an exchange of, you know, of one right. thing that I'm going to offer either marketing perks or something of that um, nature. But networking is very important. You never know who you're going to meet and who, exactly. who Somebody, they may not, you know, like she said, they may not work in the same kind of field, but that person may know somebody that right. knows somebody. They can you connect know? you. And that, yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's always going to, it's always going to be like that. Over the past year, yeah. like my, um, you know, expertise of coordinating events all started with HTX Boss Babes. Um, and just finding those connections there, which kind of led with Sweet Like Pan Dulce, and then finding connections within kind of like my industry, um, kind of the Latino kind of industry, right? Uh, like with Topo Chico, um, it was kind of like that. It was by accident, by meeting mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, hey, you know what? I have an event. Kind of throwing yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I know like there's kind of that sense of vulnerability when you're networking. Right, and right. And it's kind of tough. Like me being um, an introvert. I call myself an introvert because um, I'm just so <laughs> shy <laughs> when it comes to approaching people. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, just take one for the team, Gabs, because like... <laughs> No, you have to. You're going to have to make that connection and build relationships. And, man, uh, I feel like I've had a good relationship with Double Chico over the years, Mm -hmm. and now they're at every event. Right, Um, right. And And I want to build that with 
other bigger brands. Um, and I want brands, those brands to support other smaller brands like me, you know, to see, oh, there's potential. You know, exactly. There. There's a big market there. Exactly. You know? um, it doesn't have to be these huge grand festivals, you know, where these these companies just have to support. No, there's tons of people following mm -hmm. us too, you know? Right. And before I forget, because yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. I wanted to say yeah. this, but my advice to vendors, again, me as a vendor mm -hmm. that I've been in, the On table the sitting side. down. Mm -hmm. Use your events that you go to be a vendor. Don't just use it to sell your product. Go there and network. Mm -hmm. Get up from your table. Go talk yeah. to the other vendors. Go talk to the people that are yeah. sponsoring yeah. those events. Exactly. And, yeah. And I've done the same. Like you kind of when you're at a either at vending at an event or you're there supporting another um, event. You know, just as a guest. I mean, I know you don't want to be in work mode all the time, but it's important to be like, you know what, let me go introduce myself and see or yeah. get a card or something. You know? I get that. That's understandable. And yeah. I think one of the tips that That's we that we don't actually. we yeah. we are afraid of the no and we have to be ready for the no that becomes a yes. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like a not yet, but maybe. Yeah. And like holding on to those things and nurturing those relationships as well. Yeah. Like when you meet somebody and you're like, you hold that card, you send a message, you have to be nurturing all the time. You know, that's one of the things that I've discovered as I'm a podcaster and looking for sponsors. Mm -hmm. It's like the people that I nurture and nurture and nurture always come back yeah. and say, oh, I remember you. Oh, I would definitely like to participate. Or what can I do to help you? What can I do to be there for you? Um, Gabby, just one last thing before we go. Just give us a tip, a PR tip on how we can send out that message and pitch ourselves. So I would say to pitch to media, you need to have at least some photos. A pitch deck is good mm -hmm. and pitch to everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't yeah. like high-end publications, your community newsletter, your community calendar, pitch to everybody. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I love that. And do it in enough time. Exactly. Not the weekend before, not the weekend before. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh, yes. Two months yes. before. Yes. If you want to really be important. in a magazine, we work on a two-month lead time. So right now, Perfect. finishing up November. Mm -hmm. And we're in, what month are we? September. September. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. It's weird. So, you know. I know. You need to do it with enough time. And she has a good point. Like, even, like, if you're getting drink sponsors mm -hmm. with Topo Chico, at least... A month in advance, two months in advance, because they have a certain budget. Yeah. And you're not the mm -hmm. only person that they've That's reached out to. Yeah, So they're course. kind of, you know, trying to see how much, you know, product they can kind of spread out to. So, yes, definitely giving people enough time. Don't it's don't reach out a week <laughs> prior as well, too. Like, you want to give them enough, yeah. um, an opportunity for you to, you know, promote them and, Absolutely. you know, give them these perks that, you, you know, promise because a week is not enough <laughs> no 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 definitely like, no, give them lead girl. time again mm -hmm. at least two yeah, months right point. yeah I would say at least mm -hmm. two months. okay so before we close down let's go and see how people can follow you where they can find you and where they can find your events that you're doing carolina Arenas. um so for our business it's maraki yu on instagram and poder hispano htx for the event as well on instagram and we you could find our website at www.merakiyu.com Awesome. Gabby? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you can find Miradela at, at Miradela. Um, we also have a shop in the East End. It's a 2500 a Navigation Boulevard and the cutest little yellow con shipping container. And then for our Sweet Like Bandulce event, it'll be at Sweet Like Bandulce. And for HTX Boss Babes, at HTX Boss Babes. Awesome. On Very Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Gabby? 
Uh, you can follow me at Gabby of the Roses HTX and at Texas Chingona. Awesome. <laughs> Ladies, it's been so awesome to get to know you and sharing what you do and how you're inspired and motivated by things. I think one thing that I definitely want to just tell my audience is if you have any more questions, if you want more of this, let us know. Follow us Advice by Alicia. I am so excited that you're here, that you're sharing with us and you're, you know, contributing. All of us are here for y'all. And if we can help in one way or another, we're ready for it. Thank you so much, ladies. Appreciate it. Friends, I want you to meet my favorite bilingual realtor, Elmer Garcia. You all know that a passion of mine is real estate investing, and having a great realtor by your side is essential. Elmer knows the city of Houston like the back of his hand, and not only is he highly regarded by his clients, but also by the professionals in his field. I can tell you from experience that he is attentive, trustworthy, thorough, and detail-oriented. He knows what I like, y'all, and seeks out opportunities for finding the right property for me. His services range from residential real estate to commercial and investment. He will guide you the entire way. I can tell you that. You can email him at elmerg.realtor at gmail.com or call him at 832-512-5752 or you can also find him on Instagram, elmergarcia underscore real estate. And don't forget, anything real estate is his forte.